the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here at Pro-America Report. Great to be with you tonight. Uh, weekend coming. Hope you're getting ready. I'm, you know, you all may know, I remember I'm over on the swamp. I'm in the swamp, not of the swamp. I'm in uh, northern Virginia. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to go on a big hike with my sons, the Boy Scouts. Uh, and turns out that the remnants of Hurricane Laura will be up on the East Coast by then. So they just canceled it uh, earlier tonight. And so I won't be going on the big hike. But I hope you'll, it'll be raining, I guess, all day. But I hope you'll get a chance to do something. Something relaxing this weekend. So let's get to what you need to know. Let me remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com and you can sign up for the Daily Wink, what you need to know every morning, 5 a.m. Pacific Coast time and uh, 8 a.m. on the East Coast. You'll get that in your inbox. So Monday through Friday on the weekend, we'll let you rest. But uh, what you need to know tonight, we covered here in the in the Wink and I'll, I'll go through it. And first, Rand on the run. Did you see the images of Rand Paul after the RNC's final event at the White House last night? He left the White House. He was surrounded by a mob of Democrat protesters and they pushed and jostled. I think they knocked down a policeman. Now, I un- as my understanding is, they gathered at the White House to protest during the uh, celebration, the acceptance of the nomination and these other events, and then they hung around. I think they were taking pictures beforehand. So, again, every time that happens, every time violence and rioting and, and things that are chaotic happen, Democrats lose. They're losing points and they're losing votes every day. Americans don't want to see this. They don't want it to happen. They just they can't believe that you're doing it. So it's it's terrible stuff. It was scary. And Senator Brand Paul and his wife both said something like they were fearful for their life, uh, but they're fine now. Uh, but it's crazy that they, they can't get. And, and by the way, the Democrats have realized this and they've alerted the bat signals gone up to uh, CNN and others to start talking about how we have to stop this because it's, it's showing up in the polls. So there you have it. I mean, and, and maybe that'll stop it. Maybe not. You know, Kenosha, Washington, uh, Kenosha, Washington, Kenosha, Wisconsin, they finally sent in federal troops or federal law enforcement, uh, not troops, uh, policemen, and it's uh, stopped. All the violence has stopped. So, you know, I mean, if you want to stop it, Democrats that run these cities and states, uh, ask for some help. I think that'll help stop it. But uh, all right, let me talk about the RNC, the convention, and, and tell you what you need to know. I'll give you one takeaway. It was a great success, right? I mean, we can all agree on that. Even the Democrats agree uh, that the uh, week before the Democrat convention looked lame. It looked like a bad zoom look like um it looked like the attempt by lots of public schools to do distance learning you know right when the pandemic hit they were like uh oh, let's put on the zoom thing and it, oh, that looks pretty cool doesn't it ah this is funny ha 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 now and then here comes trump this week and it was like out of a movie it wasn't like out of a movie it was a movie but here's a couple of takeaways i want to tell you about number one the president's opening speaker at his convention was charlie kirk and the takeaway i heard in that was kirk referred to president trump as the bodyguard of western civilization it's a pretty powerful image and then all throughout this these four days you had these these sort of iconic moments in my mind that had to do with you know standing up for the 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 institutions we believe in and the rule of law and against the swamp but it finished at the white house this iconic thing iconic image 
of the White House. And there, as the president stood and faced the White House with his backs to the audience, everyone's looking up at the White House as this uh, tenor sang some wonderful songs. But as you looked at that family, it's not perfect, right? None of our families are perfect. You know, President Trump has said he was a bad husband. That's why he had two divorces. But there he is with his wife, Mrs. Trump and Barron. Nice. Seems like a nice kid. And then the other kids, all very impressive, right? Every one of them impressive in their own way. You know, Tiffany, I think, came out this time uh, in terms of getting some attention. She's very bright. Ivanka is unbelievably bright. I mean, unbelievably, you know, kind of impressive. And then the two sons are just, I mean, Don Jr. and Eric. So there's the president. Every American looks at that and thinks, that's pretty cool. Like, that's what we want, right? We're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Families are, are upside down, have lots of things. We've all had failures and, and ins and outs. But you there, you look and you say, those kids love their dad. He loves them. Uh, and you can't hate that. And then the, the singer sang Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, which is extraordinary and very popular with young people because it was in the Shrek movies, I think. It was at least in the first one. And, uh, and so... But powerful, hallelujah, one amazing. And then uh, I think it was next. Let me see if it was next. Oh, um, uh, yeah, it was. I think it was right after that that he sang um, the uh, Nessun Dorma uh, from the Italian opera. And it, it, it climaxes with that vincero. And of course, the vincero means I will win, I will conquer. <laughs> it's kind of this extraordinary moment. In fact, I was just looking at the lines, the end lines of the famous Nessun Dorma song. By the way, he was really good, uh, uh, Mr. Macchio, but the guy that does it the best is Pavarotti. If you go look online, you'll see it's just stunning. The voice seems out of the world. But at the very end, he says, Vanish. He's singing, he says, Vanish night. That's what he's singing. Wane the stars. The stars should wane. Go away. The stars should go away. And then he says, at dawn, I will win. I will win. I will win. That's the Vincero thing. Again, Western civilization includes hallelujah, the tradition. It includes Italian opera and art and, and this all this tie to this incredible culture. And then Ave Maria was next. I mean, Ave Maria extraordinarily, you know, it's, it's, it's biblical, of course, uh, but also uh, very Catholic and in Latin. I mean, it, it, it was an unbelievable climax. And the speech he gave, which is something I'm going to be hearkening uh, on, as I told you last week, we started this. It, the speech he gave was basically a list of promises kept, accomplishments, appointments he made, decisions that they did that worked out, killing the bad guys, getting the hostages back, all these kinds of things. And at the end of it all, what I would say, and the last thing on this that you need to know, and remember this, the Republican Party, which was transformed finally into his image, the Trump image, the Trump vision of America first. But it also was different. Did you notice it was completely different colors and shapes and sizes and women and men and all that? But it also had this message that not only is opportunity available to all, but so is a second chance pardoning the the man that was a bank robber who went on to become a a, a kind of um a, a prison um ministry guy alice johnson last night these instances uh, of of sort of that we all can get better and do better it's a message that resonates and is so american it was extraordinary so it was a great success i mean in almost every measurable way you you have to sort of you know tip your hat to the president on this now a few more things oh and by the way the two highlights in terms of in terms of power there were a couple of highlights but in terms of power herschel walker and jack brewer vouching for president trump as the real deal and not a racist 
in their own ways. Herschel Walker saying he's my friend for 37 years. Jack Brewer saying he didn't say what the media lies about about Charlottesville. He, he, he didn't say it. He, I listened to the tape. I listened to the video. I watched the video. Powerful. I mean, powerful at diffusing some of the things. Uh, powerful at kind of helping people uh, uh, kind of see that. Now, l- l- two last things what you need to know, because I just want to lay them out here again. The schools, and the president talked a little bit about going back to school and getting back to normal, but the schools are starting to open across the country, and it's getting more and more clear that this is the issue of the fall, and that, frankly, parents and even teachers are blaming the leftists, the left, and the teachers' unions for making a mess of it. And it's going to get really uncomfortable and unpleasant because there's a lot of failure going on. So watch for that. The second one is I, we've been talking for about four days, five days about the Big Ten and football. The Big Ten Conference uh, announced that they may start the football season in the middle of the fall instead of waiting till the spring or waiting till January. They're coming under pressure because the people are saying, wait, you make hundreds of millions of dollars and you couldn't figure out how to do this. And instead of figuring out how to do it, you're canceling the season, foregoing the season, and therefore you're going to have to cut scholarships for women, for tennis and soccer and golf and same thing with men. And so there's a lot of pressure you're going to see. But that's the stuff we've been talking about. That's what we've been saying for weeks about the, the about the Big Ten Conference, Inc., and how they messed this up, and how they did a secret meeting with secret votes or non-votes. Nobody knows. Nobody feels comfortable or confident. It's been a disaster. So those two issues are going to transform the fall in terms of a lot of people that are going to be looking up and they're going to be saying, huh, one guy said, let's play football. Let's stop messing around. And, and, and I don't even want to spend a minute on the, on the, stu- on the, on the silly uh, uh, professional sports leagues uh, boycotting. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I have no problem with any of those players and others expressing concern about things. That's their right. But boycotting, when people want to, ha- want to see, boycotting what, over Kenosha? Over, over the guy that was uh, wanted for a sexual assault and was going for a weapon? Really? Is that the way? Is that the, that, is that the hill to, to kind of make your stand on? I, I don't get it. Uh, but, but back to my Big Ten comment. People, come, come Saturdays in October when there's not Big Ten football in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, <laughs> Iowa. It's going to cost. It's going to cost. That's what you need to know. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, we got great guests tonight, and we'll be visiting with them, including Allie Beth Stuckey, who's kind of a – she's become a, um, a real sort of iconic young uh, voice, and she's got a new book out. So we'll talk to her in a minute. Uh, and then, of course, Andrew Pollock after that. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And as I mentioned earlier, I was really looking forward to this interview. Allie Beth Stuckey, is, um, she's a podcaster. She hosts over at Blaze Media. It's called Relatable. And uh, they talk. It's not politics. It's some politics, but it's also cultural and theological. And uh, she's she's really kind of um, uh, carved out a niche in a way, a big niche. You're talking to young people, conservatives. Uh, and it's uh, she's a new mom about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. Which is very cool. And she wrote a book. Her first book is called You're Not Enough and That's Okay Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self Love. So, welcome, Allie Beth, to the program. Congratulations on, uh, on your voice, which has really been getting louder and louder. It's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. 
So, hey, I got to tell you a quick story. I'll see if I can tell it fast enough. There's a famous AA speech. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous are not supposed to record their speech, but it's a, it's a speech by Anthony Hopkins, which he allowed to be released. And he tells about when he was in AA and, and the first time, and he went to the first meeting. And then the next day, two of the guys from AA came to him and said, hey, let's go out to lunch. And on the way out to lunch, he was all sure he was moved that he had found AA. And he's been in AA now for 50 years. And he said, um, he said to one of the guys, I feel so inadequate. And the guy, big, rough, tough guy, looked at him and said, what if you are inadequate? And the point is, to like your book title is, you know, everybody's searching to make themselves perfect. It seems what the culture yeah. wants, but it doesn't, it doesn't work, right? It, you can't get there this side of heaven. So, but it must be even harder, Allie Beth, if I can say on young women, right? The culture really puts pressure on them. Am I getting, am I, am I feeling that wrong? Yes. No, you're absolutely correct. This idea that in order to be happy, you have to convince yourself that you are enough actually ends up putting pressure on people rather than alleviating you from pressure, which is what a lot of these, what I call these self-love gurus are trying to do in the face of very real insecurity and feelings of inadequacy, the self-love gurus and the self-help authors and even the motivational speakers and fitness uh, experts, they are trying to help women by saying, hey, you don't need to feel that way. You're perfect the way you are. And you can't love other people until you love yourself and you're enough. The problem is we know that we're not. We know that we're not sufficient for our own happiness. We're not enough to be all the things that we need at once or all the things that other people need at once. And so in trying to convince ourselves of our sufficiency, of our perfection and constantly falling short, we actually end up more disappointed than we were before. And so this book is about embracing the fact that we're not enough to be all that we need. We're not the center of our own universe. The most important thing in life is not loving yourself. It's actually being a part of the world around you and reattaching ourselves to the values, to the institutions, and to the causes that have helped America be the greatest country in the world, but also have helped human beings thrive, like faith, like family, like hard work, like uh, volunteering, like all the things that uh, help the world around us be better and grow. We've become so hyper-individualized and self-centered, especially these younger generations, because we think that we're enough, that it's actually, I believe, making us more miserable. Hmm. We're talking with uh, we're talking with Ali Beth Stuckey, and the book is uh, Sentinel Books. I want to make sure I, I tell everybody the details. Sentinel Books. It just came out about oh two weeks ago, a little bit less than two weeks ago, and uh, and so you can find it anywhere books are sold. And again, the title is "You're Not Enough," and that's okay. Escaping the toxic culture of self love. So, Ali Beth, um, the uh, politics though, like in the last four years, it's clear that there's been an acceleration, at least in the mainstream media, and I'd say on social media, of this sort of. Anger, you know, and somehow everybody got got okay. You know, if you hate Trump, you can uh, you can express it, and if you love Trump, you can be angry at people that don't. And it's kind of more anger than ever. That that's got to be a factor that's hard to manage because anger is almost impossible to reason with. Well, I think that this all goes back to the premise of my book, and that is that we have made ourselves our own. Gods, And when you make yourself your own God, you make yourself your own arbiter of morality, your own decider of truth, 
And uh, that kind of equates to this postmodern worldview that I think that we are seeing fully manifest itself in some of the riots and the chaos that we're seeing across the country right now. Godless, purposeless people who feel like the only cause and purpose they've ever been a part of is this angry anarchy. And when you think that you are the most important in the world, you are your own God, you're the center of your own universe, um, then you immediately become very resentful against people who disagree with you, very angry toward people who disagree with you, not just, hey, this person has a different idea. But when we take on, for example, this idea of my truth, it's my truth or your truth, therefore you can't argue with me because it's mine and my truth, it becomes almost a violation when someone like Donald Trump or anyone else stands for something or says something that I disagree with. And so in this world of what I call trendy narcissism, all level of anger is justified. Um, and we're seeing what that worldview looks like in real time in America's biggest democratic cities. And it just doesn't look good. This narcissistic worldview ends in misery and destruction. So, um, and again, the book is called You're Not Enough and That's Okay, Ali Beth Stuckey. And again, wherever books are sold, Sentinel Books is who published it. Um, and, but, and yet, what I want to ask you and what I want to say, and I'll see what you think, it feels to me like as the TV shows us and tries to agitate us on kind of both sides, you know, right and left, and get everybody agitated, then resolve the agitation, they'll come back again. Same thing on Twitter and Facebook. What I want to say, what I believe is we're actually closer to really wonderful, positive times. The technology is better than ever for healthcare, for all kinds of things. The economy can be better when we get through this pandemic, which was a false start. And even the sort of fundamentals, people are people. I kind of feel like I'm more hopeful. And, I, and most people say I'm crazy because we're supposed to say we're divided. What do you, how do you, when you talk, you're, you're, you've got a voice that especially younger people are drawn to and listening to and your podcast relatable. Is um, Do you feel that? Do you feel optimistic about what's where we we are and what's coming or do you feel like uh that we're still in a darkness yeah, david horowitz on david horowitz is like oh no it's going to be a battle for the next 25 years you know it's uh the left isn't going to stop i kind of feel, i feel more uh, optimistic what about you i'm glad that you feel optimistic i would love to feel <laughs> optimistic now well let me tell you i i'm pessimistic for or i would like to think realistic for the next few years. It does look like it's going to be a battle. I just don't see any reason why the far left would let up. I mean, it's truly this anti-American sentiment to where they believe that, you know, America doesn't just need to be reformed, but it needs to be destroyed. It's like every left-wing cultural revolution for the past 100 years that has been waged in the name of compassion and justice and ends in destruction and suffering um, because they want to go scorched earth. They want to get back to in the same way that they did in Pol Pot's Cambodia year zero and the cultural revolution in Mao's China. It is the same kind of, it's the same kind of thing. And those, all those revolutions were quote successful in that they did uh, tear down their defense and they destroyed the institutions that they wanted to destroy. They just ended up in a bunch of suffering and starvation and death. So are we going to repeat history here in the United States? Are we going to let that revolution wage its war until we get to the point of people having to realize, you know, like they did in Eastern Germany, hey, communism is not great? I hope not. I hope America is different as we have proven to be different so often throughout our history. I hope that we have enough people right now who know the history of the past 100 years to be able to say no. 
And I do think that there is hope for my generation of conservatives who are raising children right now, who see the craziness going on in the world and who realize, hey, we can't take for granted the next 20 years. We've got we can't trust institutions anymore, even our churches. We can't trust our public schools to teach our kids worldview issues. We cannot take this for granted. I think after the Berlin Wall fell, a bunch of people thought, you know, we don't it's so obvious that communism doesn't work. We don't have to teach our kids that anymore. We don't have to teach our kids the importance of liberty and justice for all and the importance of capitalism. Everyone knows that it's so obvious. We'll never go back to communism. And here we are, you know, 30 years later. And we're having the same kind of conversations. And so I just hope maybe all this reminds us that we can't take it for granted, that we have to teach our kids the things that we want to teach them, the values that we want to teach them. We're seeing a bunch of valueless youths right now waging war in the name of something that they don't even understand. So in that sense, I do have hope for the future generations that we are getting to see the leftist worldview played out right now. But um, I think it's going to I think it's going to be a fight until we get there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back with you know that the famous uh, chair that that uh, that Washington sat in and and Franklin at the end of the Constitutional Convention says you know I've been looking at that sun wondering if it was rising or setting you know and I I, I just think that it's it always feels darkest before dawn is what I'm not, it's not setting but we'll have to we'll have to uh, yeah. we'll have you back on we'll keep talking about this Ali Beth Stuckey I appreciate it very much you coming on you're not enough and that's okay escaping the toxic culture of self love uh, you can get it anywhere books are sold and and Ali Beth Stuckey, Stucky also, as she's over at Blaze Media on the podcast, Relatable, very popular, very smart, uh, and very, what's the word to say? Um, it gets you thinking and talking about the right subject. So thanks for the time, Allie Beth. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. You know, I, I can't remember when I had Andrew Pollack on the show. It was maybe six months ago or a year ago. We were talking about his book. I think maybe it was around the time where it came out anyway. The book is called Why Meadow Died, which is, I just mentioned him off the air. I hadn't read the whole thing. I'd read parts of it. It was in my basement, down on the desk in the basement when I worked downstairs. Found it about two weeks ago. Finished reading it. And then, of course, Andrew Pollack had a great star turn uh, at the Republican National Convention. He, he uh, I think, like you know, you can hear it in his voice. Do you see him up there? He comes across not only as a heartbroken father, but a sincere guy. And, you know, he's a businessman. He's come through this. And so it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, Andrew, how are you today? Thanks, Ed. I'm all right. I'm not I'm not too far from you. I'm on the state. I'm, I moved to the state north of you, Oregon. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Well, good deal. I, I think I, I think I knew that. Well, you got to, may have to go down to Seattle and clean them out. But, uh, but hey, listen, you know, you and I were talking off the air and I was going to talk about your appearance on, everybody saw you at the Republican convention and it was powerful and all. And I think they know the story, but tell me about what you're doing. Cause I, off the air, I said, Hey, you, you got to deal with this every day. And you said, that's how it is every day, every minute, your daughter's gone and you got to deal with it, but you're living your life to change things. And, and, and tell me about this technology you're developing that can help law enforcement. I think this, our listeners will be interested. Sure. Uh, I just want to touch on anyone who asks, like, oh, you know, you're going to heal with time. A parent doesn't heal with time when a child, when they lose a child. I think it's just, you know, adult pain that you just have to learn and, and live with it. And you move on and you yeah. do your best for your other kids and uh, and people around you. So right. after I wrote the book... Uh, and that's when I spoke about uh, that speech was the policies that led up to my daughter getting murdered. That started with the mm-hmm. Obama 
uh, Biden administration and President Trump rescinded it, but they're still in just because the president rescinds it at a federal level. You know, a lot of these school districts are run by these liberal loons and they still have these policies in place. They think it's a feel good policy for them and they think they're doing the right thing, but they're really hurting kids. So that's in the book. I did that and then I moved on. You know, my, what killed me every day was knowing that no, no first responder got to my daughter for over 40 minutes, Ed, on the third floor. Hmm. And, I, and wow. I, was, I said, how can I make a difference uh, to speed that up and help the police, right? And now the mm-hmm. police yep. need us more than ever with the Democrats' agenda, defund the police and remove police from the schools. That's what they're doing now in mm-hmm. states in, in California, Portland, uh, you know, Oregon. A lot of states are removing the uh, police from school. So what we developed now is a software, which is unbelievable. We have it in departments. It connects police, their real-time crime center, to an, any other entity with cameras. So it could be a school, a place of worship, a hospital, a hotel, uh, within five seconds, Ed. So say you're in you're in church, temple, wherever, mosque, wherever you go, uh, and right. something happens, you'll be able to press a button on your phone, and it'll light up within five seconds at the police department. The police will be able to see every camera where you're at, right? Not only every hmm. camera, they'll they'll be able to unlock and lock doors from from the dispatch. Speak over the PA. Silence a fire alarm, which was important. My daughter's teacher put her out into the hallway after 90 rounds went off. She thought it was a good idea to put my daughter out in the hallway because, you know, the fire alarm was going off. That's where, so dispatch could silence the fire alarm, talk to the shooter or any of the people inside the building telling them where to go, open and close doors. Interesting, too, we did it, you know, when you're looking at, uh, say you're a dispatcher and you're looking at 20, 30 cameras on a monitor. When you mouse on the one camera, you don't know where it is in the building. We interfaced it with a mapping system that tells the person exactly where to go in the building. And we demonstrated this, and we've done lots of drills with uh, police departments. And my software is going to cut minutes, not even, like I, I got into it, like you always hear that expression, seconds save lives, which it does. Right. But with my software implemented, it's, it shaves minutes off of uh, response time, which that's why I got involved hmm. with it. And we're offering it through my grant on schoolsafetygrant.org, any police department, to get on there, fill it out, and let me help them. Private schools, like I said, temples, public schools, hospitals, go on there and really do the research and see how incredible this software is. Uh, and say that, say that website again, Andrew, please. Sure. School safetygrant.org. It's a two-page grant application. That's all it is. And the chief, the last department that we put it into uh, in Coral Springs, Florida, that's Uh the department that ran past the Broward Sheriff's Office guys that were hiding behind their cars. They ran past them. So I wanted, and I lived in that town, so I wanted to get them the software first. He says, Andy, he couldn't thank me enough. Chief Perry, and he said it took my mm-hmm. department from responding like in a robot, in a in a rowboat to a starship. Right. That's that's how it right. sped up his response time. That's how he uh, explained it. 
is the um and is and I think I know the answer because I heard it in your voice and and a few comments on, on when you spoke at the RNC. We're talking with Andrew Pollock and and again the the uh, the the book is uh, why Meadow died uh, about what happened, which is really powerful and worth reading. Uh, but um, are are I hate to say this, but are most school districts just not doing anything? They, they basically are saying it won't happen to us. It depends where you where you're where you're at and how they take it. You know. When you look at a, a lot of the private sector, they're doing everything they can. You know, some public schools that are run people that really care, which is far and in between, they're making a difference. That's why I tell. Right. That's why I'm glad. This is why this November election is so important. The Trump administration and Republicans down the line are for school choice, where Democrats want you to send your child to a to that public school even if it's failing in your zip code. So no ch- right. no parent should have to send their child to a failing public school and Democrats are okay with that with their teachers union uh, with the, they're against school choice and charter schools and I think it's great. Right. Any pa- parent should have the uh the choice where to send their, their children. It doesn't have to be a public school. It could be a, a home school. It could be a charter school, a private school. They should have the option. And uh, Democrats don't want to give that to parents, and it's very important. That is on the ticket. And also, removing police officers from schools. You know, these demented people think that that's a good idea. Uh, we're talking with Andrew Pollock, and one of the places you can especially follow stuff, in fact, uh, schoolsafetygrant.org, the website is there on his Twitter feed, at Andrew Pollock uh, FL. Uh, you can find that there. Lots of action there. Uh, let me ask you on that on school choice. I, I have a big problem yep. with uh, the, the teacher, the teachers unions. I, to me, teachers want to do the best. Obviously, that you wouldn't be a teacher, you don't get paid enough to do it. I mean, I, I don't think I, I just yep. want to. I want to give as much good faith uh, thoughts about teachers and parents want the best for their kids, yep. even though they make decisions sometimes sure. blindly. It feels to me like teachers unions are really uh, culprit. Do you have an opinion on that? Sure, Ed. Uh, that's an easy one. So are you familiar in Florida uh, and people uh, that failed sheriff where nine of his deputies failed and listened to shots going fired and they never went in the building? Yeah. Are you familiar with the, the right. governor of Florida removed that sheriff? Did you know that? Yes, I am. Yes, sheriff yes, Israel. yes I did. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep, so yep. Sheriff Israel was removed. Uh, okay. And he just ran again. In the primary, it was in August. He was in the primary and almost won, if you could believe it. So to tell you how what I think of the teachers' unions and how evil they are, three of their uh, union members were killed at the school, two coaches and a teacher, murdered. If you could believe it, the Broward Teachers' Union endorsed this failed sheriff that was removed. So that's wow. how... So I don't really... Uh, when teachers, I don't have much empathy for teachers if they belong to these unions, you know, because they don't speak up. All right. You're not getting paid well. So why are you still paying into these unions that, that are okay with teachers getting, uh, assaulted? It's at the all time high now, Ed. Teachers getting assaulted. These restorative justice programs, the unions are for them in the schools. And they don't speak up. So how could you? You know what I mean? I, I I don't I don't really care what happens to these teachers if they're getting beat up. Let them get beat up. If you're going to pay into that union and agree with them, and not take a stand, then you know how do you respect them? 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's certainly a broken system, and and the teachers should, you know, like a lot of things. There's a famous uh, phrase uh, you'll you'll love it if you haven't heard it. And we talk with Andrew Pollock, and it Eric Hoffer said every great cause begins as a movement, becomes a business, and eventually degenerates into a racket. And at some point, the teachers union went from being a good cause, right, to protect teachers, get them good pay. It became a business, and now it's just a racket where they protect themselves and their political cronies, and they're not worried about the kids or the teachers. So, uh, Andrew. Pollock, thank you. As always, I'll put it all up on social media. We'll have you back again. Anytime something comes on that you see, give me a ring. Uh, we'll put you on the show. I appreciate your voice very much, sir. Sure. Thanks, Ed, uh, and have yourself a great weekend. Okay, we'll talk again soon. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Mart here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Major General John K. Singlob may be one of the greatest American heroes that you've never heard of. He was a founding member of the Central Intelligence Agency, but he didn't cut his teeth sitting behind a desk in Washington, D.C., In the U.S. Army, he worked behind enemy lines in both the European and Pacific theaters during World War II. He went on to lead troops in Korea and Vietnam, as well as several other armed conflicts throughout the world. He was active for four decades in overt and covert operations. At 99 years old, General Singlob isn't done fighting for America. He still serves our nation by acting as chairman of America's Future, an organization dedicated to preserving the principles our nation was founded upon. America's Future launched the Major General John K. Singlob Award for Service to America to honor those Americans worthy of bearing the general's name. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn was the inaugural recipient of this prestigious award. We can't all defend freedom by defeating the Nazis like General Singlob did, but all of us can be inspired by his courage. Each of us has a part to play in preserving freedom for future generations. You don't have to have two distinguished service medals, a silver star, two air medals, and a purple heart like General Singlob to make a difference. All you need is courage to stand up for what's right and dedication to serve our nation. Do your part by volunteering for a political candidate who will honor our Constitution. Educate yourself on the key issues and have meaningful conversations with people who might not be familiar with the conservative side of the issues. Contribute your money and your voice to an organization that's working to advance pro-America policies. The legacy of General Jack Singlob is a challenge to every American patriot. Others have sacrificed so much to keep America free. Each one of us should ask ourselves what we can do to help. We must pray. We must work. And we must never give up. General Singlob's life proves that freedom is still worth defending. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. If you're busy taking notes, you can stop now because these commentaries in written form and spoken audio are archived on the website phyllisschlafly.com. Many recorded by Mrs. Schlafly herself. If you're doing research or missed a day, just go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and re-listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. I got to tell you, Andrew Pollack, um, 
he's uh, he's one tough dude. Um, he lost his daughter in that shooting at, down in Florida, Stoneman uh, High School, and he's just on a rampage doing good things, trying to help people. So I hope you'll, uh, if you didn't get to hear that whole interview or, you, or if you, you tuned in late, go to ProAmericaReport.com and check that out. Uh, really uh, quite amazing. Okay, a couple of pickups. Um, uh, this morning, he, he, here's my problem. I got lots of problems. <laughs> I got lots of problems. But one of my problems is, I'm not willing to just be critical of the left-wing media because they're not the only ones who are misleading you. And and I wake up in the morning and I watch uh, some shows and sometimes I watch MSNBC uh, Morning Mika with Joe Scarborough so you don't have to. And I, sc- I read Politico so you don't have to. I read the New York Times so you don't have to. And then I read the Wall Street Journal which actually get delivered to my home. So I go for my morning walk. I come back. I read the newspaper, the Wall Street Journal, like the paper. And every now and then they just make me crazy. And it, today is one of those days. And my point here is the establishment media... Even when they're so-called conservative, they can't deal with Trump. They just can't stomach it. They, they don't know how to handle it. And, uh, and, and oh, here's something I wanted to tell you about. Um, same thing with a lot of the establishment uh, organizations and the establishment, the swamp creatures. The Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is supposed to be for businesses. Well, it is for businesses. But the problem is that the big businesses in America decided that they like cheap labor, therefore they like amnesty for illegals and, and lots of immigration and lots of illegal immigrants. Okay, because they need the, they, they think the jobs are needed. They need the people for the jobs and let wages go down. And big business likes China. They like the markets. They like making money. They don't care about our jobs in America and our culture and our, our, our and they don't care because in the short term they can make lots of money and their stocks go up. So the, the Wall Street Journal has been uh, um, reliably Republican as long as the Republican has carried water. Now that the president is not reliably Republican and carrying the water on all those issues, the Chamber of Commerce has announced they're going to endorse Democrats. So now there's a, a like a, a free for all because people are saying, what? You're going to you're, they're going to endorse Democrats who spend and regulations and all just because on those major issues, they, they got to have uh, they got to have those issues. So as, as, here's a Wall Street Journal today after this extraordinary success. The opening of their paragraph of the of the um, editorial page about Trump, and it says uh, the title of the, the the title of the segment is the Trump disruption, and then the subtitle on this is an online now is his policy record is better than he and his opponents have made it sound. So that's pretty good because it's true. His record on policy has been extraordinarily good and better than anybody expected. He's gotten things done. Here's the opening sentence. When Donald Trump won the presidency four years ago, this is the Wall Street Journal, half of America gnashed its teeth or cried, and even supporters who cheered weren't sure what to expect. What are they talking about? I mean, what is this? What are they talking about? They're just making things up. Half of America gnashed its teeth or cried? What are they talking about? I mean, that's not defensible. Then here's the next line. Four years later, our verdict is that he has been better on policy than we feared, but worse on personal behavior than we hoped. What does that mean? What part of that? What is it? The tweeting they don't like? What personal behavior? Has he been drunk on the job? No, he doesn't drink. Has he been uh, not working hard? No, he works all the time. What does it mean? Has he yelled at someone? I don't even have a report of that. Has he thrown someone off the second floor of the White House that he's mad at? No. I mean, it's just, is it the tweets? What does that mean, personal behavior? 
what did did Barack Obama have a have a Wall, well, Wall Street Journal probably was against him on policy issues, but did they have this conversation about personal behavior? It's such a fraud. It's such a fraudulent thing to accuse someone of and then walk away. Whether Americans reelect him depends on how they assess the political balance sheet, that political balance sheet, things done versus their fictitious uh, or their, their asserted personal what behavior. What does it mean? They don't they don't go on to say what that means. It's this is the kind of thing that people do in the establishment. They and they say over and over again to each other. And it becomes a kind of self-fulfilling sort of cycle, an OODA loop where they go faster and faster and faster, making the say, oh, yeah, look at that personal decision. All that. The, the, the one that I heard, I heard conservatives, so-called conservatives saying, oh, yeah, we have to do it. It's unbelievable that the president used the White House for all these things. What? Why? Why, what in a, in a pandemic, by the way, it's another way to think of it is in a pandemic, you can't have the same kind of convention. So you're doing things differently. But that's the thing. Why? Why? Why is it? Then you're not supposed to use Air Force One until you're done with the election. So this is how this works. It makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. And and, you know, one of the realities when you watch again, watch this is to me, it gives a lot of people permission to think about things that they don't know personal behavior as if it's true. And again, remember, elections and governing are about perceptions and psychology. The economy is like that, too, of course. But how people feel about things becomes how they relate to it and what they think and what, what matters. So it's a really dumb thing. I, 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 it's frustrating. So, all right, uh, that's enough on that. I'll leave it alone, and uh, I, I, I won't bore you with more Wall Street Journal editorials that are dumb. Uh, okay, well, listen, have a great weekend, everybody. We're out of time, and thank you to Noah, our technical director, for keeping everything online. It's a busy week. We had some uh, ins and outs and ups and downs and changes, and we uh, Noah kept us on, on track. Also, Joanna helps us book all these great guests. And thank you to the listeners. Don't forget, go over to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Andrew K. shows over there. My show's over there. There's podcasts and uh, keep tracked in. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.